This is the Clean Soul Podcast, and I'm Dennis Curtis, your host. Today's podcast is titled Portals of Life and Death. I want to talk about our mouth, the words of our mouth, and our ears, what we put into our ears. During the studies for my last podcast, What Are You Looking At?, I came across the mouth and the ears often in the teaching of Jesus, and they were connected. And in the Old Testament, they seem to be connected there also, and they have to do with our heart and our mind. So I briefly want to talk about the words of our mouth and the ears and their importance in our Christian walk, the disciplines of our Christian walk. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Well, what does this mean? In other words, whatever we use our words for, we will reap the consequences of those words, whether it be life or death. Romans 10.9 and 10, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with the heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with the mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Matthew fifteen eleven, What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. Remember that we were created in God's image, And he created everything by his spoken word, and he maintains everything by that same spoken word. So his words are tremendously powerful. We can't even fathom the power of his words. But we were created in his image, and he has placed power in our words too. And of course, not the power of God. Don't get me wrong. They only have a small inkling of the power of God, but they still have power in them, especially when we speak to other people. Listen to what James says in James chapter 3, verse 9. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Cursing in this sense means with evil intent and evil desire to speak in such a way to doom someone to barrenness. That is what cursing means. Jesus told us that if we call somebody a fool, we are in the danger of the hell of fire. We are to love our neighbors as ourselves, not curse them. We're not to gossip about them, you know, speak behind their back. And whenever we gossip about somebody, there's usually some sort of intent behind it. For example, we want to look better than the other person. We want to get a hand up on them somehow, or we want to make them look bad. That's what gossip's about. I've heard so many Christians speak bad things about so many Christians, even pastors about other pastors. Listen, this is not God's way. 
If a brother or sister has sinned against you or you have something against them, you should go to them in private and be reconciled. This would bring unity into the body of Christ. If they don't repent after you've talked to them, then take two or three other mature believers with you and try and reconcile. I would say most people would reconcile at this point. But if that doesn't work, then take them to the church. This is so rarely done. Uh, I've only seen it done once in my 40 years plus of Christianity. It is so important that you go to that person. And if they don't repent, then you bring a couple people in. And this one guy, this is what he did. He brought two or three people in. The guy that sinned against him still wouldn't reconcile with him. So he took it to the pastor, to the elders of the church. The elders of the church and the pastor brought this guy in, talked to him, and it worked. He repented. In fact, he got up in front of the church and told everybody that he was sorry for the sin. He admitted he did it, and there was reconciliation. This is so rare, but it is so important. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul tells us that we should be defrauded before we take a believer to court. That's kind of tough to hear, but this is God's way. James 1.26 says, Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. These are words of counsel and boundaries from God for our good. They're not for our bad. They're not keeping something from us. They're to help us. So I did a podcast a while back. It's called The Spoken Word. If you want to know more about the words of our mouth, reach out to that podcast and and listen to it. But I want to change gears here and talk about the ears. I think the eyes are a more important portal to our heart and to our mind, but our ears are important. In Mark chapter 14, Jesus teaches with a parable. And in my thinking, it's a hard parable to interpret. And I'm sure glad that a few verses later, he interprets it for us, because I don't know if I'd ever figure that out unless somebody told me. At the end of the parable, Jesus says in verse 9, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, Jesus says this again and again in Revelations. In the first couple of two or three chapters, he tells the churches, uh, he's counseling them, he's rebuking them, he's encouraging them, and at the end he says, those who have an ear to hear, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, I imagine that just about everybody, like 99% of the people that Jesus is talking to, are uh, people who have ears, and they can hear. So there's a twist on his words here. We have to dig a little bit deeper. What he is really saying is, are you taking the time to consider what I'm saying? Are you thinking through this so that you can comprehend the message that I'm putting out? That's what it means. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. The parable about planting seeds in Mark chapter 4, depending on where the seed landed, depended on how healthy that plant would be, or even if the plant would grow. 
it would be hard for us to translate this planting seed parable into the condition of a person's heart. So as soon as Jesus was done, the disciples came to him when they were alone with him, and they asked him, what does this mean? You know the parable. The the seed represents the word of God, and the soil represents the heart of the person that is receiving the word of God. In Matthew 13, we have the same parable, but Matthew's experience, he records that the disciples asked him, why are you speaking in parables? They wanted him to speak plainly to them. But because of these hard sayings, and they're hard to figure out, Jesus answered in Matthew 13, 11, uh, and I'll read all the way through verse 16. Uh, so verse 11, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God have been given to you, but not to them, whoever has will be given more and they will be having an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they think they have will be taken away from them. This is why I speak in parables. Those seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing and never understanding. You will be ever seen but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become callous, and they hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are you, for your eyes see and your ears because they hear. First point that I want to make here in these verses is that there are secrets in the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. Heaven operates on a different frequency, a different ways than the ways of the earth. They are spiritual ways, and the earth runs on earthly ways. I'll give you one quick example. So if you want to be great in this world, you want to have money and position and power and authority over people and things of this world, and you want material possessions. But if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you are to be humble. You are to be preaching the gospel. You are uh, to be understanding the word of God, humble and a servant. Jesus even uses the word slave of all to be great in the kingdom of God. This is way different than the world. It's the opposite. Next, if we have an open heart and listen to God, he will teach us the secrets of the kingdom of God and we'll have an abundance. As we open our heart, God will pour into us the secrets of the kingdom of God. That's good news for those who really take the time to try and understand God's ways. And it's not always easy. It takes time. I've been a Christian for uh, 40 years plus, and it has taken time for me to understand. But now I, I believe I have an abundance of the secrets of the kingdom of God. My understanding grows again and year after year Each time that I read the Bible, I'm always discovering something new. I was talking to a good friend of mine yesterday. He lives in Arkansas, and he started talking about uh, a verse in the Bible, a couple verses in the Bible, 
and I had never understood it. The way that he spoke about it, I learned something new. And I'm always learning something new. Then in the verses that I just read, he is quoting Isaiah 6. This is obviously a rebuke. He's saying to them that they're uh, unable to see, unable to hear. They're not understanding. In the time that Isaiah wrote this, the people were backslidden. Uh, They were in rebellion to God, just like most of the people were in the days of Jesus. A key here is that he says their hearts were calloused, or they had a hard heart. They were rebellious against God. They were not open to the words of God. For us, God has spoken clearly through Jesus Christ. And as I look at our nation, and as I look at our world, I can see the hardness of the hearts of so many people. We're not willing to listen to what Jesus Christ is saying. We're not willing to take the time to understand, and our heart becomes hard. I was just talking to one of my uh, co-workers, and we were talking about the Lord, and uh, they believed in the Lord, a firmly uh, belief. But over um, as we continued to keep talking, they said, I'm just not ready to give my all to God. I tell you, this is how a heart becomes hard, how a heart becomes callous. We say no to God again and again, day after day. No, we ignore him. We push him aside month after month, year after year. That is when our heart, little by little, gets harder and harder and more callous. And pretty soon, uh, we don't even think about our relationship with God. We're just living in the world. We just say no in our subconscious. The heart can become very hard over years and years. That's why most people get saved before the age of 24. Now, people do get saved after 24. I've met them. But most people get saved when their hearts are tender. That's why Jesus talks about the faith of a child. Their hearts are not callous, and if they hear the Word of God, they're much more open. That's why the Lord says in many different places, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. You don't want to put off when God is calling you to salvation. You don't want to put off when God is calling you to do something for Him. He ends this verse, uh, these verses, with blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. These disciples were taking the time. They were taking the interest in God's words and they were seeing and hearing. A basic summary. What we put in our eyes affects what we think. What we put in our ears affects what we think and what we think will be what we do. So now is the time to take stock in what we are spending our time doing. Are we listening to God's Word? Are we uh, paying attention to what He is doing? Are we seeing what He is doing? Also, what we see and hear will influence what we think and do. What we see, hear, and think and do will eventually come out of our mouth. That our words 
have the power of life and death. So you see these portals. Uh, we see, we hear, and we do. We think, and our heart becomes full through what we see and what we hear, and that's when we speak. I'll end with these verses. Jesus is talking to the religious leaders of his day, and obviously uh, they're not, they are rebellious to God's ways. Matthew twelve thirty three through 37, Make a good tree good, and its fruit will be good. Or make a bad tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Again, these are the words of Jesus. They are powerful words, and they are giving us boundaries, and they are giving us counsel so that we can train our life to be like Christ. We fill our hearts with what we see, hear, and do. Then we speak what is in our hearts. Let us fill our hearts with the Word of God, practice the ways of God, and live with life coming from our mouths, words of life. Let's pray together. Father, we hear your Word, and we've taken time to listen and to comprehend what you are saying. Father, we want the secrets of God in our hearts and our minds. We want to see you. We want to hear you. We want to know what you're doing so that we can model our lives after Jesus. We ask for a special anointing of your Holy Spirit to pour over us, Lord, so that we can be followers of Christ with a good example to those around us and a powerful testimony for what you have done in our lives. We bless you, Lord, and we pray in Jesus' name. This has been the Clean Soul Podcast with Dennis Curtis. If you have questions or comments, feel free to reach out to me at thecleansoul.org or look me up on Instagram at rockandpapa.